Welcome to the edition of Nikki P's Conundrum. And today we have back on Micah. Micah, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm living the dream, Nick. How are you doing? Oh, I'm right there with you. So what do you think about the new intro? You like that or no? Yeah. You know what? Actually, when I was first thinking about it, not so much, but you know what? Adds just it's like adding well, you like a little bit of adobo to your chicken. You know, just it's just right enough spice to it. So I think it's right on par where you need to be. Oh, that's amazing. You know, we figured we'd try it on pilot for you. <laughs> <laughs> My man. And so the, the reason for this podcast, actually, there's actually a, an important message here is because we put out the sales trainer podcast and that one got some crazy reaction, believe it or not. When you brought up a point that literally got my blood, my blood starts to really like boil up because I'm like, this did not go the way I thought it was going to go. And first part isn't your fault. What had happened was I was getting a lot of messages from people who were struggling in sales, almost as if I gave them a venue to blame their trainers. But the other piece was you, which you're a very successful salesman. You're very good at what you do. But you were like, you brought up this one thing where like, well, in the business I'm in, they give a shit about uh, having something in a, in a interest or a desires block or whatever the case may be. And, and when you said that, literally everything inside me began to burn up. The soul that's left inside me, as black as it was, literally began to rekindle once you had said that. Now, let me tell you why. It's because we have in this business too many facilitators and not enough salesmen. What I mean by that is there are so many salesmen today who call themselves salesmen and they're fucking not, right? They only take the yes and they turn the yes. Anybody can sell a yes, right? You have to be a salesman in order to turn that no into a yes. In order to do that, you have to tell me in that instance, yes, I don't care if I'm in the fucking mortgage industry and I'm doing a second loan for somebody. Although it doesn't have any bearing on whether or not the loan's going to get approved, I have to write down what it is that they are using this money for, even though in the grand scheme of things, nobody gives a fuck. But what this tells your sales trainer is, is that, or your sales manager, is that when Mike is bringing me this guy, when Mike is writing this loan, I know if I need to pick up the phone, what they're using it for. That I can have an intelligent conversation with them and also that you got to the bottom of it and you didn't just, oh, the guy wants something, you gave it to him. No. You have to literally make a relationship with this person, find out what it is they're doing, create that bond with them, and then ultimately we know that there's a, that they're not going to walk on us one day. And if they do try and walk on us, we actually have something to start the conversation with. Because ultimately, uh, we're going to get to this in a little bit on the how, but you have to figure out what it is that they want and then also invoke your idea to make them come in. Because you're selling this person on doing something, Micah. That mm-hmm. you have to outsell them on what they're doing tomorrow. Like, for instance, have you ever been with your friends and all of a sudden uh, or you spoke to them and you said, hey, tomorrow we're going to go do this. And you're like, yeah, cool, I'll do this. And then tomorrow rolls around. You're like, yeah, fuck that. That ever happened to you? That has. Yeah. So you don't even fucking know me. I'm the fucking salesman. You've got to sell me out of everything else I'm doing from getting laid to fucking hanging out with my friends to just doing fucking nothing. So you has to be more than just you know, me just saying, calling you up, be like, hey, I'm thinking about coming in. You're like, hey, come in. There's got to be some reason for me to come in. Something that's better than fucking getting banged out by my girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Something better than that. You need to sell me on. You got, hey, you know what I mean? I got to be political these days. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, you're definitely political. You can give a dick, take a dick. Maybe there's no dick in your sex life. Hey, that's not on me. You do you. Hey, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. So I understand right? When you're new to sales or someone's in sales, they don't understand why we're doing certain things, but it's very important. When you get into sales, there's two things that you really should do that makes a lot of money later on. And I'm going to see what you think about this. The first thing that I always live by is there's a thing called get ahead, stay ahead. And it's the same work after month one. What I mean by that is if you and I are sitting here and we're selling vehicles, right? We, we have car lots. And now you and I, let's just say, um, are selling cars, but I make my team and you have your team. I make my team, but listen guys, one month only, what we need to do is sell 20 more vehicles in the competition. One month only working extra hours, make an additional push and we'll never have to do it again. And in reality, that's true. Here's why. At the end of the month, we'll be up 20 cars. 
Now, every month thereafter, my team can just match your team. Same amount of effort, sell the same amount of cars. But at the end of the year, and all the way through the standings, as the months come out, when the message comes out, hey, look, this was this deal or whatever. Yeah, we may be on pace the same amount every month thereafter. But when they look at the end of year, the calendar year, they're going to see, well, shit, Pinardo's car lot's still 30 cars ahead. So you'll be sitting there and actually selling more cars than me every single month by twos and threes, but it's going to take you forever to catch me. Meanwhile, we're on cruise control. We're doing normal work the rest of the way. So you want to have that get ahead, stay ahead mentality. And that's ultimately just one month really of writing to your potential, even though I want you to do it every time, but one month running to your potential and not the necessary goal. So based on what I just said, what do you think about that? So again, I think uh, what I did to trigger you the other day when I was talking about it, it wasn't necessarily, I'm not trying to backpedal and, you know, change what I was talking about because I, I still feel the same way I did, you know, what I think it was a few weeks ago that we talked about it. But it's not so much the fact that the having some kind of uh, interest or something to capture those notes, I'm more about using the system. And one of the things I've noticed, you know, in sales is, more times they just want to look at, at as far as like your managers, they, they're more focused on what's the end result. They want to see, you know, what are you, what are you producing? Just, just that end result of whether it be uh, closing on a house, whether it be selling a car, whatever, they just want to see that final product. They don't care if it starts from point A to point B, they, they know there's a system in place. Cause I mean, if I think you were telling me about this well, a couple of years ago, KSSA. Now I cannot remember what the S's mean. I think it's system, isn't it? Yeah. So it's knowledge, skill, system, attitude. Knowledge, is skill. Right? Yeah. And it's more about, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is the more you get bogged down with just wanting to produce, you know, whatever that end, end state is, the less they care about how, how it happens. How, it get, how do you get there? And as far as like the manager perspective, I, that's what I've noticed from my level it's not necessarily how, how well you are using the system how well you're putting in you know good information about why this person wants to buy this product or what brought this person in to look at this product it's more of just the the, the whole system itself if you, you know what i mean so what you're saying is if i'm hearing this correctly you're saying that in, in your experience as sales manager they're not even mm-hmm. paying attention to really the s of system or skill, right? Or attitude or nothing. They're yeah. literally skipping all that. And all they care about is, did you make the bottom line of whatever exactly. it is? So our goal is exactly. 10. So that's it. Okay. Now this can happen, right? Because not every sales manager is built the same. Mm-hmm. When you get to that point, and I'm not talking sales managers, I'm going to fucking do it. When you get to that point, you're missing it, right? Because you're not even looking at the science nor the art. Because there's a science and art to sales. There's a knowing what you need to do and the art of how you're going to do it. When you don't even look at that and you say, well, look, your bottom line, and correct me if I'm wrong, this I'm hearing from you, you're saying that if you're not making your bottom line of saying, moving these 15 cars, and instead you're making 12. So I come down yeah. there, I focus the end result and basically kick your shit in and then leave. And then I don't really dive into what's your knowledge of it, what's your skill with it, what's the system in place to make it happen, or what's your attitude towards the job. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, that's toxic as fuck. Let me throw that right well, out there. And I feel bad. <laughs> no, I do. I feel bad. And I'm going to tell you what we can do to kind of combat this. Because unfortunately, when you don't have a good trainer, right? when you don't have an active trainer, someone out there with you making it happen, right? when this doesn't mm-hmm. happen, the one thing I never want anybody to do is be like, well, I can't do the job because I'm not trained. Listen, hear me out. There are so many great salesmen in the world who didn't have a great trainer. All you have to do is keep at it. Now, does it take longer for the progression? Yeah. Does it suck a little more because your attitude and your morale comes down a bit? Yeah, that does happen. You can still be successful. So I apologize for what you face so far. One thing I want to do to get back now, if you do this, right, if you do mm-hmm. the get ahead, stay ahead, right, and which is just that one push, that one push, what you'll notice is that you will sell more if you are not behind the goal monster, right? If the goal is, let's just say 15 cars, and we, we sold our 15 cars. 
We come to work yeah. nonchalant. You know, we're going to do our job, right? We're going to do our job because at the end of the day, I know I'll say, do your potential and not the goal. But I understand because even my mind works like that. When the goal is met, I kind of click off, you know, click off automatic and go on to save. I'm like, eh, you know, if I get, it, I don't. But what happens is customers can smell desperation. They can smell if they are that car because they can feel that desperation in you. What happens mm-hmm. as a salesman when you don't give a fuck, right? When you're like, hey, man, this is what we got. You get, you do all the same things where right? you find out what they want. You tell them what we have, you know, that fits in their price range or what have you or, you know, within their circumstances, what you can do for them. But when you're ahead, you're just like, eh, whatever. You know, you're doing your thing. But when you're behind, yeah, you're a little bit more they can feel that pressure. They can almost feel like this guy needs this, right? And you, they feel like they're in control. When you get ahead, you don't have that sense of desperation they're picking up from you. They're not feeling that. And you'll find that you will literally, if you're doing your job at 100%, you'll realize you will literally sell more when you're ahead than you ever will when you're behind. You know, you're chasing your tail. So that's the what. What do we need to do? What we need to do is get it, stay ahead, and write to our potential. But now, as a salesman, how do I get there? Right now, this is assuming you don't have a great sales trainer. And it happens. Listen, I'm not dogging them because a lot of times when we pick sales managers in the world, right? I'll be honest with you. When I first became a sales trainer, I'm going to tell you something. I knew how to sell alone. I did. But bro, I didn't have the first idea on how to really train somebody. There was no real seminar. I mean, there's the seminars, right? They'll, they'll take you in there. I'm not going to say they didn't give me a seminar. I'm not trying to dog the company. They did send me a seminar, but it really didn't give me a yeah. lot of information. It was by another guy who was thrown into the fucking job. So here I am trying to talk about loans or whatever. And so I used the motivation piece to talk to them, right? I was like, oh, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I got you. I don't fucking know the middle. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I can do it. Hopefully you can too. So the first thing you got to do is you got to own your area. You probably heard me say, say this before. And actually, I got some feedback. People want me to talk about this. Was be the Don of your area. Do you remember me talking about that at all? I do, actually. I remember that. It's the, I remember specifically you said the Don. And all I can think about is maybe the Godfathers. Exactly. Because that's what this is. Sales is a fucking war. If you don't believe that, you're out of your mind. You're not obviously not fighting the war, and that's probably why you're fucking failing. But sales is a war, right? <laughs> and you, my friend, you're right. You need to be the fucking Donnie or area. You don't take no from anybody who doesn't have the authority to tell you yes. For instance, and okay. I'm going to talk very, very, very uh, teeter-totter on the line between the black, the white, and the gray area of sales because some things mm-hmm. I'm going to say are going to make some people shudder. But if I'm in the mortgage industry, I know that I cannot get involved in the appraisal side because of what, what happened in the late 90s, early 2000s. But what I can do is I just, you know what? I know that, look, in my area, right, the places that I you know, sell mortgages, there's about 10 to 15 appraisers. You know, maybe every other month I go to each one, right? Seven, seven a month, go to the 14 of them, 15 of them, and I stop in. And I'm not asking for any business. I'm not telling anybody to go there. Just saying hi, bringing donuts, getting to know them, shaking hands, and leaving. The reason I'm, yeah, the reason I know that is this. See, I'm selling you a loan, Micah, and you go to Mm -hmm. that place. Oh, your loan officer's, you know, Nikki Panato. Yeah, it's Nikki. I'm not saying I'm going to get extra love. I'm just saying that if anybody's getting love, it's going to be me. Of course. So that's the thing. And when I go to these appraisals, I'm not just going to talk to the people at the front desk. I want to talk about who runs this place. The same thing for the DMV. I want to go mm-hmm. to the DMV or the RMV, depending on your state. I want to get to know that, Don. Who is the man or woman in charge of this place? I want to get them on payroll. Now, I'm not going to say anything, but create a little relationship with them, always stopping in, saying hi, what have you. And then that one day, I need something. I pop in, and I talk to that one person. Because that person at the front desk can tell me no easily. But, of course. But that guy or girl in the back, they have the ability to say yes. It's kind of like you can always tell. If somebody has the authority to tell you yes, by how quickly they say no. For instance, if I walked up to your desk and I asked for your bite of your lunch, you literally, if you notice people, will hesitate for a second and then tell me no. The reason being is because it's your lunch, you're going to be like, well, you you have that quick thought. Even if you know you're going to say no, you have that thought because you have the authority over it. But if I walked up to you and said, hey, can I take something out of the fridge? You'd automatically be like, no. You click it off and you don't have that second of contemplation because you know you don't have a choice. So when I see someone tell me no quickly, I know this ain't the right motherfucker. 
Because I don't care what it is. I don't care if I walked up to you and said, can I borrow 100 bucks? Right? You would literally okay. hesitate for a half a second. You'll notice the hesitation in them. You'll notice sometimes even the break of eye contact. And I say that too. So when you're in a place and someone tells you no right off the bat, you're like, this ain't the right motherfucker. Right? And he'd be like, all right, look. <laughs> If any, I'll give you a perfect example. This is no bullshit, right? Um, I like wrestling. I don't know if you like WWE, but I love wrestling. And I always told Eden that always, always, always am going to get better. I just need a ticket in the door. I'm not going to sit there. Mm-hmm. I just need the cheapest ticket in the fucking door. And what happened was went to Monday Night Raw and uh, where we were sitting, I went out there and I talked to, uh, usually it's head of security. I say it too because like in concerts, it's the head of security. So if I want better seats at a concert, I'll go to the head of security. But in this case, uh, it wasn't. I could tell because the woman hesitated. When I finally talked to the head of security, I said, listen, is there any way, look, she's really short. We're sitting, we're kind of behind the Titan Tron. Is there any way we can get like lower seats or where that's not in our way? And she said no too quick. And I was like, oh, well, who makes that fucking decision? She goes, you can't. I said, I know. But if anybody in this fucking building was going to tell me yes, if anybody could make it, who would be? Show me some dude in Will Cole. So I went there. And now when you're trying to sell somebody, just so you know, if you're trying to sell someone in your idea, if you want to get better tickets, if you're looking for something, the one thing is that nobody wants to be sold, right? You don't want to be like that. Oh, I got, I'm the silver tongue devil. I'm not going to walk up to him and be like, hey, dude, listen, man, I was just wondering, hook me up, man. Uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to get better seats for my girl. And he's trying to suave him. Fuck suave. That doesn't work today. Hey, what I did, and this is the best way to sell, act defeated within their means of making you satisfied. What I mean is, I walk up to the place, and I knew this is the guy. The bitch just told me that. I said, hey, man, check this out. I know there's nothing you can do. However... My situation is, I'm sitting behind the fucking Titantron. It's embarrassing because my girl cannot fucking see. It just sucks. And I ended right there. Now, you probably were saying, well, why would I do that? And I'm going to tell you how this ties in in a second to sales. Now, when I'm standing there in front of this man, I told him, I know there's probably nothing you can do. And tell him my problem. It is actually unnatural for you to say, yeah, man, you fucked. You actually feel weird because you can do something about it. And I didn't ask a question. I ended with a statement that's fucking powerful. When I said, I know there's nothing you can do. I'm in this situation and it sucks, period. It alludes to you having to say something back and you have two choices. It's because I didn't ask a question. You either have to say, yeah, man, you fucked or uh, I'll see what I can do. And that's actually what you usually get. I'll see what I can do. Now, how this plays a part is this. When I'm at the RMV, right? I'm at the RMV Mm -hmm. and I need him to do me a favor. I'm not going to ask him a fucking question. I'm going to elicit a response, though. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, good. How you doing? Because that's usually how we talk. Hey, man, I'm fucked. What? Well, because I, uh, I got this car deal, and we need a title, and I know you guys are closing that far. And there's nothing you can fucking do. I said, but I'm kind of fucked. Like, I would ask for it in the morning, but I'm going to lose this sale, man. And I leave it at that. The sentence. Never ask the question. The reason I'm being is they comprehend it. Enough passes, time, and they feel like they quickly got to respond because it's kind of weird we're going to sit here in silence because I'll wait all fucking day. I'll make this awkward as fuck because I can't lose what I don't have. I already don't have a goddamn title, right? (laughs) And ultimately, he'd be like, I promise you, you'll see that they'll cave. Now, they're only going to cave if you have that relationship. What I mean by that is for the DMV, if you do this a couple times, they're going to get used to it and know it's your fucking game, right? So you'll get the first two titles and you'll fuck the rest of the year. But I'm saying just always pop in there saying hi, and then when you are defeated – Walk in there and do like I say, and they're going to cave to you. Now, you probably have to do this a couple of times for the relationships built where you can just come in and ask them. But when you first ask, you want to do it the way I just said. And ultimately, that's how you become powerful because these people in your area are doing what you need them to do. Whomever they happen to be, whether it be an appraiser, an RMV, a city hall, but get all of them on your, on, on your page. And remember, Don's talk to Don's. I'm the Don of my sales force. I want to talk to the Don of all the companies that I need in order to make my end goal and my end state possible. You know what I'm saying, brother? Yeah, I, I'm following you, Nick. I just wish so, I, I just wish I would have known that you know when I first started this gig. Not you know right now it's what May second, 2020. I was like, I wish I would have known this when I first started this gig. So you're saying I failed you? No, I didn't say you failed me, Nick. I'm, I didn't say that at all. Okay, it well, sounds a lot like is, I failed you. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You, you're a good trainer, but like I said, you could you could teach me something right now, and then you expect me to perform exactly how you taught me two years from now. I'm not going to be able to do it. No, it says it's, it's like a never-ending cycle. You constantly got to keep being trained, and that, that's the that's the thing that I've, the trend that I've noticed with least with my sales team is that it's we're not getting that efficient training consistently. Now, it's more of let's go over the basics, which the basics are very important, you know, in the in the sales game. But one thing I've noticed is something as minuscule as like those interest blocks not being not being um, you know, filled in or whatever you want to call them, you know, the, the why factor, whatever you want to call it. Something as minuscule as that can make, can't, and I agree with you, it can make a big impact as far as, you know, if this person wants to cave on you, back out, whatever the case is, you know, it gives you, gives you something to restart that conversation. But like I said, I, it's, it's more of the, the fact that the training that we receive is only like a shotgun blast. You know, it, boom, there's your train, cool, check on the box. Wait until, you know, another quarter, another semi-annual, whatever the case is, bring it back up again. Well, there, if there's no if there's no follow-on, you know, following up with that training, then you, you're not really gauging how effective the training is. You're not really going to get accurate data, you know what I'm saying? And it could be in one ear and out the other. Like for the salesman, oh, they may in one ear and out the other, like, yeah, 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 sounds good, and you just continue your old ways. Yeah, that's exactly what happened when I was when I you trained. Mm-hmm. No, I should have followed up. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just what, kidding, but no, you're right though. You're right though. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing too is that if you're not, because some people are only getting pep talks, right? They're only getting motivational speeches or what have you, and that happens in the sales in the sales force. But there's a couple things, right? That mm-hmm. there's two things that every salesman used to have, and we've lost it over time. And I think it becomes interesting because we've kind of went from an extroverted industry, right, to a lot of introverts who are trying to become salesmen because that's what society's produced. And we of lost course. the physical I'm one thing. Of those. We used to have this thing, right, and we would call it the little black book. You would call it the um, cash call. You would call it the book of rebuttals, whatever you want to call it. We used to call it the book of rebuttals. So it used to be a book of rebuttals. And what would happen is, no, seriously, is you would almost train yourself. What I mean by that is if you talk to someone one day, usually in the next day in the morning, right, you shower, you're like, man, I really wish I would have said this, right? You have that. It's kind of like when you get in an argument with somebody and then 20 minutes later, like, man, I should have fucking said this and you kick yourself. Well, we used to jot that down in a physical book. It used to be a book of rebuttals. It used to be physical. I'm talking back in the 90s. This bitch was real, like leather case. We jot it all down. So this way, if someone ever hit me with that rebuttal, I'd turn to that page, boom, and I'd hit him with my response because it would rekindle my literally as they give me their rebuttal I'm flipping to my book because I know where they're going with it and I get my response together because I may forget you know what that perfect response was that I came up with so ultimately I had this book of rebuttals where I had all the answers and the more times I got rejected the better equipped I was because this book got bigger and bigger and bigger and this was literally my weapon because remember sales is a war this is my fucking weapon against the next motherfucker who wants to tell me no so I got all my little rebuttals in there We also used to have, right, this elevator speech. And what I mean by that is you cannot just simply think a sales is a job from nine to five. If so, you're living in this world with illusionary walls, which means the only time I'm selling cars is when I show up to work and I'm inside the car dealership. That's the only time I'm selling. If that's your answer, you're fucking weak and you're fucking it up. You got to have an elevator speech, something where you have literally a 15 second speech to invoke an idea. Right about selling cars, whatever type of car it is, and just pitch it in the elevator or pitch it when you have like that quick, into like you just maybe you're waiting in line somewhere and just throw it out there. Right, it doesn't cost nothing, and you don't need a lot of return on it. You're just throwing your idea out there, and then you'll find people will bite on your off hours. Right, people will bite and be like, "Oh man, you know how do you do that?" Or they'll ask for more information. So you always had this 15 second speech on your product and trying to invoke an idea with the people. And you had your book of rebuttals, and this sets you up because ultimately in today's world, fuck always be closing. Whoever said that, I know who said that, right? Shut the fuck up. That was the 90s. Yeah, always be closing. That's the fucking 90s. If that's your moniker today, you're a fucking idiot. And the reason being is 
the reason we said always be closing was back in the 90s, Micah, what happened was I would just jam my idea down your throat, right? Fuck the sale. All I'm going to do is close on your ass, right? Where I'm like, no, you need to do this. This is the reason why and whatever. We jammed your idea. And back then, people accepted that shit getting steamrolled. You ever been to the salesman steamrolls you? They just be like, what the fuck is happening? Like, no matter what I say, this dude's trying to close me. You're not going to sell many people. So just as sure as it's important in the gym, as important in the beach, it's important in sales, that's abs. It's always be selling. You have to always be selling, always pitching your idea because you have to sell yourself, sell your product, and then and only then can you ever close. But if you jump right to the close, you have failed before you fucking started. It is always be selling and that's what you have to always think, right? When I'm out there and I'm at the beach and I see a bunch of kids walking up to a beat up Chevrolet, I'm going to joke around with them. Be like, you know, I'll be pretty awesome, guys. Imagine yourselves in a Mustang driving out of here. That'd be crazy. I mean, I could make that happen. Can you? And I walk away. Now, I planted a seed. Maybe they walk up to me, maybe they don't. That specialist with them. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to talk about that prick who told me to need a Mustang. But they're going to start to consider it. They're going to talk about my idea. Now, granted, they may not buy a Mustang from me. But I planted that seed. Chances are, I can take them down. Chances are, we plant a seed that's going to grow to a... You know, great idea that's potentially maybe going to sell the car one day. So you always want to be out there selling, have your book of rebuttals. And even if it's not written, have it in your mind. Literally just make mental notes that when someone says this, I'm going to do this. Right? I'm not trying to go back to the paper world, but it was nice having that book of rebuttals and that elevator speech. Because my man, here's something that you're not going to hear every day. And this is true. So many salesmen believe that a sale is about getting a Yes. I don't fucking believe that. My job isn't always to get a yes, because sometimes you just got to make sure they can't say no. Not that they don't want to say no, but they can't say no. And when I have my rebuttals ready, when I take away all their little stuff, all their little rejections, all they're left with is not being able to say no. And that is just as good as a fucking yes. How do you feel about that, Micah? Micah Mack? I tell you what, this is, you, you are pretty much dominating this entire conversation for the past 30 minutes, but you've really said some good shit that I, I just, it, you, 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 put, you make me like having Tiffany right now. I'm learning something new, but I, I agree with you. I think that, you know, always, always be selling. That's, that's very powerful because when I first started, it's always close. You got to close. You got to close. You got to close. And here I am just all over the place and scatterbrained. I already have ADD like a motherfucker, but now coming in and somebody just told me to always keep closing. Well, then all I'm, I, I can see how it puts a lot of pressure on wh- whoever the customer is, but man, you re- you really throw me for a loop here. Always be selling. So that's what it is. If I tell you to yeah. always be closing, you, what you're going to do is literally this and be you. You're going to be sitting there and always going for the clothes without ever trying to sell the person, ever trying to get to know the person, ever building that relationship. And you're going to simply be like, you want to do this or not? Are we fucking or are we walking? That is not today's society, man. That's just not today's society. No. Fuck no. And what happens is, is that, again, it's the evolution of a sales trainer. Like you have to evolve as a salesman. You've got to evolve in today's society. That's what you got to do. You got to always be selling, just pitching your idea, pitching your idea. And speaking of, you know, there has to be in today's world, if you're trying to really get, you know, a lot of appointments, sits, whatever you call them in your business, right? There's got to be a multi-dimensional reason for it. So not just what they need. It's not just about finding out what they need. So let's just say you get me to realize that I need something from you, uh, whether it be, you know what, maybe I do need a lower rate on my mortgage, right? Maybe you, you pitch me on that and I get it. I'm paying 10%. I could be paying 2%, right? I get it. I understand that there's a better way. Mm-hmm. But that's always um, in the back of my head probably. Usually if you help me uncover something, I kind of knew beforehand it was kind of an issue. Like I didn't pay 10% every single month thinking I had a great fucking deal. But you also have to invoke an idea. And I'm going to tell you how important an idea is. So with an idea, it's not just about it, right? I could say to you, hey, man, get you under 2%. And a lot of people leave it at that. I want to fill in the void for the 8%. Because, again, I only have 15 seconds, 20 seconds, maybe two minutes to talk to this motherfucker and hopefully get him to agree to sit down with me. 
and be like, you know what? Not for nothing, I'm no mathematician. But 8% of that loan amount, that's an extra 400 bucks a month in your pocket. Now, I don't know about you, but $400 a month, that can get you a sweet car. That could pay X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? Now I gave you an idea. Now it's not just about saving the money, but now I'm helping you spend it. Now, you may not agree with what I'm spending it on, but when you hear that $400 a month, if I told you again $400 a month, instantly as people start spending it in our minds, he's going to dismiss what I said and think, fuck, $400 a month. Fuck, that first month, I could have that fucking computer I wanted. I could get that next phone. I can get that next whatever, right? That next piece of gear that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And so you want to give the idea. Dr. Martin Luther King, he had, he is very, very powerful because, I'm like, explain something, is that he had a dream, right? And that's what you want to do with your idea. You want to have a dream of having something, right? Dr. King was so popular because he didn't have an I have a plan speech. He didn't have a plan. He only had a dream. Now, the reason why that worked for him and why it would work with anybody is because if I told you, man, Micah, imagine you don't worry about another bill in your life. You got the latest sports car, the latest phone, a house, the hottest wife and girlfriend a man could ever ask for, and a beautiful in-ground pool. You'd be like, damn, I'm interested. The minute I have a plan is when we start to butt heads. Because if my next sen- sentence to you is, you know, Micah, all we got to do is start selling Sensi. You'll cut me off. The minute I have my plan is we're going to rob the fucking bank, right? No matter. Exactly. So you're going to you're going to break down on it. Everybody's sold on the dream, right? I can literally say I have a dream that this is the possibility and that's it. Man, you know what? I kind of I don't care what, man. I have an idea where I'm not. It's not about the eight percent. It's about what could you do with an extra six hundred bucks? Think about it. Every month, six hundred bucks. Imagine, even if it's saving it. Imagine, I'm invoking the thought, right? That's what you want to do. invoke mm-hmm. the idea. Get them thinking. If they're thinking, they may buy. You got a better chance at that than trying to jam down the throats and close on and be like, man, I'm gonna save you eight percent. Come see me. We'll take care of you. Boom. I'll have this loan done in two weeks. That dude's going to shut you off. You're being way too pushy. Can't be closing. Got to be selling. Always be selling. So you want to have that multidimensional idea and be like MLK. Do not throw out your plan right away, right? Don't throw out your plan right away about closing this date, having the appraiser come to the house. Don't do any of that shit. Instead, you push out your idea. If you want to know more, come see me. Because then when we're sitting down across from each other, that's when I can start getting my plan, But initially, I need you to think about the dream, think about the idea, and then make the conscious decision to come see me. Because there is a fundamental difference. If you just, if I pitch you the plan right then and there, it's easy to dismiss me. But if you literally contemplate it and come in, you've made the first step to commitment. Nobody comes in your office unless they want to buy. It just doesn't happen. So if you come in for the sit, I know I got you. I got to pitch the plan and in passing, it's very easy to walk away from me. It's very awkward if you come into my office to hear my plan. I give you my plan and just walk away. Like that almost never happens. They're like, eh, I don't like it. And they run to the door. What the fuck? So you have the ability to retort because ultimately they've thought it through, right? They thought it through their way. So if they don't like my plan, I can say, well, what were you thinking? What's the best way for you? And like, actually, I'd rather do it this way. <gasps> That's good. We're having a sales conversation. I can make a compromise to make a sale. You know, we'll go. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have to remember as a salesman that a sale is made on every call, in every sit, in every interaction with a customer. Either you're going to sell them in your idea or they're going to sell you on a reason they ain't doing it. And as they say in Boiler Room, I got one question for you. Who's wearing the fucking tie? And that's literally what it is. When someone comes in your place, you're either going to sell them on your idea or they're going to sell you on a reason that they ain't fucking doing it. So you got to decide who's a real salesman here. This fucking prick sitting across from you? Or is it you? That's why I say you got to have brass balls to do this business. You know, people say sales suck. Sales don't suck, you suck. And the only way to stop sucking is to get better at it. And the only way to do that is to constantly be pitching your business. Like I said, don't have those illusionary walls. Always be selling, man. Always throwing it out there. And even if it's something light, like so for instance, right now, um, 
I got, uh, you ever seen the Jeep Gladiator? I have. Yeah. I've actually test drove one. Fuck yeah. Well, I bought, got one for my wife. Beautiful fucking vehicle. Oh. Right? So I'm out here with it. If someone gives you a compliment, right? That's the thing. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're selling something, if you're in some sort of business, you should have what that business is. So for instance, you're out there, you're a gladiator. And then someone says to you, you know, oh, man, you know, nice vehicle. Be like, hell yeah. You know, you church up your vehicle and compliment it. Be like, what would you do if you had this vehicle? Oh, man, I'd have it this, there, wherever. Fuck yeah. Well, if you're interested in making that happen, you know, maybe you should give me a call. A quick elevator switch, kind of invoke that thought. Toss me a business card, whatever it happens to be. Because I hate when people say that, oh, fake it till you make it. That's garbage advice. Um, fuck you. That's actually the best advice, Micah. Do you, do you, do you believe me? That, do you believe me that it's the best advice? I believe it's the best advice. Fake it till you make it. I don't know. Cause you, yeah, you got to make it. Now I, I wouldn't say I, I live by that code. It's more, uh, when I'm in the moment, I don't even try to, I, for me, how I've noticed I get results is when I don't even try to sell. I just have a normal conversation. I just block out all the, I, not, not necessarily the rules. I'm going to say the training. Cause there, I mean, there's a structure of how I conduct business, but, I just don't care about like what's the end result. I, I'm now not saying that I'm not here, not trying to make that sale. I am, but I guess the way I'm trying to portray it to you is that I, I really just don't give a shit. I just said, fuck you. And I'm going to sit here and talk to this person, try to make that sale. As far as I just try to make it genuine as possible and, you know, hitting steps, whatever, however the system is, uh, the system's there, to, you know, to give you a like a path to walk down. But however, how I choose, I choose to run that path or walk that path. That's the way I see it. I want to do it my fucking speed, my way. Um, well, at least that's how, that's how I attack it. I don't know if it makes sense, but oh, it it's, does. At least it's, it's a low it pressure a, sale. That's pretty awesome. That's a low pressure sale, right? You have confidence in yourself. You're going to make it, and that person doesn't smell the desperation, like we we're saying before. Mm-hmm. And they realize, hey, this guy's genuine. This guy really doesn't give a fuck. So they know you're not feeding a bunch of bullshit because he's not pressing. Right, you're just giving them information, having a real conversation with them. Exactly. So you're doing it right by fucking all means, and that's the thing. So I like what you said, right? You do the system, you decide how you're going to do it. Exactly, just like that batting stance that I always refer back to, right? No matter where we learned how to play baseball, we mm-hmm. always learn the same exact stance. We make it our own over time. If you look at major of league course. baseball players, all their stances are different. However, as the ball comes across. Their elbows, the weight on the back foot, stepping towards the pitcher, all that's the same. Because at the end of the day, there's those little wickets we're always going to hit. But we add our own flavor to it. And don't ever feel there's something wrong with that. Absolutely. You know, it's the basics are in place. So you have that starting ground to be successful. You're going to Mm -hmm. add bells and whistles to it. You're going to. Make it genuine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't. That's the thing about sometimes when we talk about sales, you really start training an individual. What I mean by that is not the overall base training they get, but you and mm-hmm. I have different suits. What I mean by that is where I'm, my strong suits, my personality may be different than yours. So when we get into sales, I may be a funny guy and I may want to use humor, but I'm not going to force that on you because that not, might not be your personality. So when we add bells and whistles, you never want a cookie cutter and be like, no, you should do it this way. Well, maybe that works for you, but it may not work for the next person. The only thing we can agree exactly. on is the basics. When you add bells and whistles, you never want to cookie cutter those. And what can happen is you'll try and force your ideals on somebody else. So you'll be like, hey, this works for me, P, do it. I may say to you, man, I just, I can't pull that off. I can't, like, I love how you do it, but I can't do it that way. So we also have to remember that because your little bells and whistles may not work for me and mine may not work for you. So you never want to push your, you may show it to them, but never push your bells and whistles on someone else because they may fuck it all up. Same joke told by 10 different people can have 10 different responses. Oh, of course. But so, I will say, though, I've, I've definitely had trainers that definitely try to push how they perform. Hmm. And it, it just doesn't work out. Because, like, every, it, it, sales is very dynamic. It, it's always changing, and you always have to be willing to adapt to it. So, I mean, you can't just stick by the script and then expect that to work, you know, for a 20-plus year career in it. And you, you constantly have to be changing and adapting. But... Like I said, it, it, a lot of it depends on uh, yourself I and mean, what you know that that's comfortable with you and how and what works for you. But I, I do I have seen going back to what we previously 
had a little debate about with the, uh, you know, with documenting interest and, and the whys. But I've definitely seen trainers just come in and say, do it this way, you will, you'll be successful. And I, I have yet to see that prosper and flourish like they portray, like they at least, like they sold it to me as. You know what I mean? Well, there should be levels, right? So if we're at a training seminar where I'm dealing with, Everybody. What do you mean by that? It's like people from all over. So if you put me in an auditorium mm-hmm. of 80 people, I'm always going to stick to the basics. But there's a step of training where we have uh, basically the um, the show in the shadow. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is uh, when I go out with you one-on-one now, this is when we're actually going to go in theater, right? Deal with a real person who really needs this loan, really needs this car, really needs whatever, right? Really needs this fucking TV, and I show you how I do it and show you my little bells and whistles. And then I shadow you do it and you would do your own way. And only then do we kind of tailor it because I may notice something in your particular personality. Now I want to portray that to the millions because if I'm doing that to the 80 people in the auditorium, it may only resonate with two and then I got everybody else fucking it up. But when I'm one-on-one with you and I do it my way and you try, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, no, you're kind of funny. Why don't you, why don't you like use that, leverage that to your advantage? Next time someone does that, you know, don't be afraid, laugh, do you know what I mean? So we can actually tailor it and only in a one-on-one scenario should I ever break from the basics and work on bells and whistles. But it shouldn't be me forcing my way on you. It should be showing you my way, seeing your way, and trying to come up with something together because we can learn from each other. And then, and when I say learn from each other, the reason I say that is because we're always learning in this business. You're learning because you're learning how to do it. But I'm learning because the next time I have a salesman who is just like you – I already have some tips and tricks because I've already done it before with somebody else. So it should mm-hmm. always be a constant learning experience uh, because, again, sales evolves, the uh, the prospects evolve, and ultimately we the have product evolve. changes. The product change, fucking Jesus, yes, absolutely. The product changes left and right, right? Jeep Gladiator, gee, that just, out, just came out last year, right? You know, they slapped a bed oh, of, of a truck in a Jeep. What the fuck? <laughs> 2019, look, yeah, they, they glued it on there. <laughs> so, so what, what it's I riveted. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> limited <laughs> limited demand. So fake it till you make it. Uh, I want to bring this back here because fake it till you make it is actually the best advice I could tell anybody. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. You need to act as if. Act as if you're the, you're the motherfucker in this place who can get anything fucking done. When I go in to the appraisers, I'm going to make it seem like if there's a mortgage to be written, I'm the motherfucker that everybody goes through. I'm the best in the land. I got all the contacts. I'm that guy. I'm the Don. Even before you are, you need to act like it. Don't be afraid. There are plenty of people, plenty of people who are successful in the mortgage business. We'll take you back to the 90s. We did this stupid shit, but it fucking worked. Was we bought a car beyond our fucking means. Now people are like, well, why would you do that? Because when you act as if, listen, if I'm the mortgage broker and I'm pretending to be the Don and I'm rolling up in a Toyota Corolla 2005, people are going to fucking laugh at me and be like, well, he's not successful. And instantly, whatever comes out of my mouth can't be fucking valid because, dude, you can't even sell. You can't sell or else you'd have a better car. If you're such a good salesman, I want to have a nice car. So it's all about image. Wear that suit. I don't care if you can only afford one fucking suit. Wear the suit. Act the fucking part. Act as if you're the baddest motherfucker in the business. I don't care if you got to buy one suit and a bunch of $5 fucking shirts for underneath from Walmart. Fucking do it. When we bought a car beyond our means, why? Why would we do that? Because when I roll up to a fucking closing, when I roll up and I'm rolling up in the latest fucking car of whatever's popular in that area, and let's just say I'll bring up myself, a Mustang GT rolling up in there, young guy. People are like, damn, you know, hell yeah. Trading every couple of years. Fuck it. And so this way, people always see me in that nice brand new vehicle, and they believe, like they feel secure when they look at you, be like, well, fuck. When I walk up to somebody and trying to recruit them to come part of my sales team, right? I'd be like, dude, I'm 22 years old. He said, I'm 22 years old. I'm riding that fucking Mustang. You're riding that. You're telling me you don't want to live this fucking life? Yeah, it sucks. It sucks waking up every day being me, having money going out every night with that fucking car. <laughs> you want to know what? It fucking sucks. You know what I mean? And they, what are they going to say? Like, damn, I need to know. Now, if I'm rolling up in a Toyota Corolla 2005, they think they're doing better than me. So you want to act as if, because if you, think about it, if you walk in the room like you got the biggest dick in the room, people believe it. That's what confidence does. When I walk in somewhere, 
right? You feel the presence and you're like, yeah, this guy's in charge. You don't fucking know me. I could be the lowest motherfucker on the totem pole, but I walk in with purpose. I walk up there and I say, listen, da-da-da, whatever. I, I give my pitch and I act like I'm the biggest dick in the room. People think he's got the biggest dick in the room. You want to be that guy. All roads go to you. Fuck Rome. All roads lead to you. And if you believe that, and that becomes how you present yourself, people buy in. And really, you're the newest cocksucker on the planet. They don't know that. They got no fucking clue. People say, oh, you you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. That's fucking true. When I walk in somewhere, I'm the fucking man, right? When I walk into a closing... I walk in with my title attorney. He knows just as well as I do. He has the biggest dick in the room. We shake hands, say hi to everybody, first name basis. First name basis is another big thing. When you become the Don of your area, you never want to use your fucking last name and you never want to use your title. I don't want a title and I don't want a last name. I want a first fucking name. This sells for you. If you don't believe me, here's how this sells for you. When I walk into a place and I go to City Hall, I go to uh, lawyers' offices, when I go to the RMV, and it's... Wherever. I meet these people, these heads, and I always want them to call me by my first name. You know, what's your last name title? Don't worry about any of that schmaz. Just call me Nick. It's fine. Shake your hand, kiss babies. Reason being is every time I'm in there, they're always going to call me by my first name. Now, when I go there when they're not there, everyone believes that we're personal friends. Because if we're on first name basis, we must be personal friends. The chief of police, first name basis. City hall, first name basis. RMV, first name basis. So people believe we put off that image, right? Perception's reality. And the perception is everybody fucking knows in personal basis. The best part about this is when that person isn't there, believe it or not, you'll make so much more money. For instance, I got more shit done when the RMV manager wasn't there. I walk in, hey, is Paul here? Oh, no, no, he's not, sir. Ah, shoot. He always takes care of this for me. (sighs) I got this, um, I got this, you know, driving record I need to get back or I got this car report that I need to have filed and uh, shit he always takes service for me when's he going to be back in you'll notice that they're going to bend over backwards a little bit for you because they're they believe your personal friends because he didn't call me Mr. Pinardo because he didn't call me mm-hmm. loan officer such and such because he calls me Nick that makes so much money for you So you want to act as if you're the biggest dick in the room, and you also want to act as if you are the best friends of the top motherfuckers. So perception is reality. If you're faking it and pretending you're something you're not, eventually you will make it to be that person. But all the while, the reason why you make it faster is because everybody's looking at you and viewing you as what you are portraying. So people say that's garbage advice. Keep trying. Yeah, keep trying while you're pretending to be the biggest motherfucker in the room. What, what, are, you, what are you fucking thinking? You know? I, you know what? Fuck it. Act like the lowest dude in the fucking totem pole and sell something, you fucking idiot. No! Fuck no. When people sit with me, they feel like this is the guy who's going to get this fucking done. Even if I never done it before, I want you to look at me like I'm the baddest motherfucker in the business. And if you're not doing that, that's why you're mediocre at fucking best. Now, I know I went off on a rampage here, but Micah, take me home. What do you think? You alive? That's a lot of good shit. Yeah, I'm still here. That's a lot of good shit you were saying. Confidence is probably out of, if you take away anything that you said during this, this almost hour I will say for anybody listening, confidence is probably the best foundation. Um, when you're getting into the sales gig, uh, whether you're starting out or whether you just want to, you know, have like that little epiphany, you do listen to this podcast. It's confidence. Confidence is something that you have to have it in this job. If you want to stay successful and you want to stay above, uh, you know, you want to keep your head above the water. It's And I, I can't believe we didn't even, we just barely scratch the surface about confidence though. But I, I truly believe that confidence is what makes you successful out here. It's not just doing the system. It's not just doing the steps. It's not just, you know, if I think of it like a math problem or some shit, like two plus two is four. If I just do this, if I call this many people, it's going to equal up to this. Like, yeah, you can break down the data and look at it and you can say that. But again, data can be so freaking dynamic that it, it, for, as far as what I, as far as when I do my own analysis, it it gives me a, a fucking headache. So I just worry about what works for me, what makes me successful out here, and I know confidence is probably step one. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. 
Absolutely. And again, if you don't have the confidence, just fucking act as if you do. Because when you're in front of somebody, you only have to put on that fucking front, right? Faking it for 25, 30 minutes <laughs> if you're the fucking Don. Exactly. Right? That's it. You know, and if you're worried about it, if you're like, man, I don't have all the fucking answers, right? I don't have all the fucking answers. Don't worry about it, right? Make it till you make it. Yeah, just, yeah, you're the fucking man. You know what? If they throw it at you and be like, look, can I get X, Y, and Z added in there? I'm like, you know what I'm going to do for you? I'm going to make a couple phone calls. I'll tell you what. Let me jot this down. Boom, 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 whatever. And you're telling me that's what you'd want? Let me make a couple phone calls, see what I can fucking do. Now, I didn't say I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but that's what I really mean. So I go in the back. I call my boss. But like, look, dog, they're saying they're going to roll if X, Y, and Z is cool. Is it cool? And he says, it can only be X, Y, not Z. Then I come back. I'm like, I look. I reached out to some people. That's what I got for you. Made a couple fucking deals. I'll tell you what. We're going to need a compromise. I know you don't want to compromise. But we need a compromise here. I talked to my guys. We're going to get you X and Y. Z is going to be tough, but I'll tell you what. Don't worry about Z because X and Y are yours. We got to make a bit of compromise. I say we fucking do it. Now, again, I never ask questions. You know, I like to say, like, I say we fucking do it. I, I don't like to be like, what do you think? Because easier to say, go fuck yourself. I say, what do you think? But if I end it like that, like, you know, you know I get X, Y. We're not going to say, I say we fucking do it. Because it's weird to say, I think we fucking don't. Because then now it sounds like, oh, you want to fucking fight me, bitch? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a long walk to that parking lot, motherfucker. So... <laughs> But don't be afraid, right? And then they think like this guy's under have, control. But, but you gotta back that. Yeah, but you gotta back that up with your confidence, though. Yeah, because if I did, if I didn't do that, think about this. This is what the average salesman may do, right? This is what they may do. Mm-hmm. Versus like, I need X, Y, and Z. All right, all right. So X, Y, Z. All right. Let me call my boss and see what he says. That sounds like a bitch. I'm talking to the wrong person. But when you pitch it as, you know what? I'm gonna call my people. I'm gonna see. I bet you I can make most of that. Let me, let me get right back. Then let me see what I can do for you. That sounds like a dude who's in control. Right? Who's about to make some shit happen. That's a very, very different than a person like, let me call my boss and see what I can do. You know? Fuck you, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Act as if you're the biggest dick in the room. I'm not gonna call my boss, my fucking boss. No, I'm calling my people. That sounds like I'm calling my peers, right? To make this shit mm-hmm. happen. They're thinking this dude's wheeling and dealing. That's what you have to do. Anybody who doesn't fake it till you make it doesn't understand what that means. They're a fucking meme generator on fucking Facebook. Fuck them and fuck you. <laughs> Absolutely not. Fake it till you make it. How you got to do it? <sighs> so now, my man, um, just just a couple things I'm gonna throw out there. See what you think here. Is I believe in this business. The problem is, and I dealt with one of these when I bought my cars. Right, I bought two new Jeeps. Believe it or not, one for me, one for the wife. But there's a problem because we have facilitators, we have salesmen. Right. What you don't want to be is be a facilitator. Facilitator only deals with the yes. But when you get that book rebuttals going, when you start dealing with people, start dealing with the no, right? Turn that no into a yes. That's your job as a salesman. Trust me when I tell you, and I mean this wholeheartedly. If you believe that my wife wanted to marry me day one, I'm sure she, she didn't even want to fucking date me date one, right? Literally, here's the thing, because relationships are just like sales. This is a true fucking story. When we were going to go on our first date, me and my wife right now, we were going on a first date, Micah. She hung up the phone on me before we even went on the first date that same day. That's how great it started. But I'm a salesman, so I'm like, I can work through this little rejection, no big deal. The bitch hung up on me. And yet, next morning, we wake up together. Now, how does that happen? It's just a dealing with the no. You can't take that rejection and be like, I'm not going to do nothing with it. I can't lose out half. Right now, I have a bitch who won't even talk to me on the phone. But you work through it. And that's saying you've got to work on turning that no into a yes. Does it happen every time? No, but you gain some knowledge, right? Because even if I don't turn you, Micah, you know, I don't turn you to say yes, well, I got some ammunition for the next person because I already have experience with this. So the next person throws that no to me, oh, I have a wealth of knowledge. I'm like, you know what? This worked on Micah. This didn't. This put a sour taste in his mouth. So I'm going to stay away from that, but I'm going to say this and work off of that. And that's how you're going to get better and better. So you want to be a person who turns that no into a yes. Do you agree with that statement or you think uh, a little bit differently? Well, Nick, I, I've known you for quite some time now and I, you have not led me astray. Now you just sold me on your whole little perception right there. So I, I got to agree with you. It, make, it makes total sense to me. Nice, 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 nice. So there's one last, uh, one last piece for the salesman. I also <laughs> wanted to make this for the salesman, right? To make them okay. better what they do. There's one last piece I wanted to hit that a lot of times don't get hit. And the reason being is, is that when we talk 
doing a presentation. And what I mean by that is, so I'll give you an example. In the mortgage industry, every quarter, we would bus everybody out and you get there to this auditorium and there's presentations on loan products now, loan products upcoming, how to sell them, parameters and all this, right? So there's these little like training seminars and every business probably has them in some sort of fashion where you have to get up on stage and you need to preach the good word, right? You got to get on stage and speak the gospel of whatever loan product or whatever product it is you're selling that particular month, week, whatever the case may be. One thing about the presentations is, and this is what a lot of people do, and it's the fucking dumbest thing I ever heard, right? Is if you're first of all doing a speech where sometimes people do it where you're actually trying to sell your product to these people, right? You're doing a presentation, make them want to buy that Tesla, right? Some sales trainers teach you to speak to the middle. Micah, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And you'll read books. You'll see movies. They'll tell you, speak to the middle. Micah, the middle's the dumbest place to go. And I'm going to explain to you why. In life, we have smart people and we have dumb people. Okay? What happens is, what the middle is comprised of is dumb motherfuckers who I love them to death and they literally tried everything they could 100% to look like they're the middle. For instance, you probably had people you went to college or high school with who literally got Bs and Cs, who should have gotten Fs, right? But they put in the extra effort, did extra credit projects or whatever. They put in the extra 100%, right? They do more than what's expected of them. So that way they can be the middle. But that's only in grading. In reality, their intelligence level is fucking stupid. But they did enough to appear to be the middle because they got the grades for the middle because they put in the effort to be the middle. So when you speak to the middle, you're not speaking to them because they can't comprehend it on the middle level. They've only done enough work for it. The middle, the middle is literally people who are, again, dumb people who appear to be the middle, so they're not there. Or middle people are people who are not motivated. Because if you were motivated to be in the middle, then you would have done the extra work to be the upper tier, but you didn't. So if I'm speaking to the middle, I'm speaking to stupid people who can't comprehend what the fuck I'm doing and middle people who don't put in the effort to be the upper tier. You need to speak to never the middle, but you need to pick your side. You're either going to speak to the stupid people or the very smart people. You don't need everybody to buy your idea. You need to look at the room and say to yourself, I only need a few. That's it. Maybe a few. I don't care if I'm talking to 30 people. I need 10% of the room. The other 28 people can tell me to go fuck myself. I'm looking for a solid three motherfuckers to see my way. So I need to pick. Stupid or smart. That's it. Fuck the middle. When you do this, though, it's got to be a couple things. Emotional versus logic. Right? I need to talk about the end state, the idea. Right? Imagine having this. Imagine having that. So at the end of the day, they say, how do I make that happen? If I give them the logic behind it, that's telling them the plan, mm-hmm. right? I'm telling them the dream. If I do the plan, which may seem like, well, that's what I should do. No, you shouldn't. Because why do they need to sit down with you? I want 40 people to sit down with me on an idea and we discuss it. And I get maybe half of them. Then have a bunch of people who just get turned off by my idea. See, if we're at least one-on-one and I tell you, hey, look, this is my plan. And you say you don't like my plan. It's not you walking out of the auditorium. No, we're face-to-face in my office. I can handle your concerns. I can deal with the reasons, you know, why you're having drawbacks, but what I'm trying to say to you, and I can pitch you and sell you. It's like, and when you do this, you talk about the emotional, right? We talk about the end state dream, right? Now, maybe you're talking about the intelligent side or the stupid side. We talk about that dream. But the best sales advice that I ever got was most recently by Joe Quinn Phoenix, and he was in the movie The Joker, and right Joe Quinn Phoenix (laughs) Joe Quinn Phoenix yes absolutely he tells you when you're doing presentations how it needs to happen you see he was sitting there uh, with uh, Robert De Niro right before he blew his fucking Mm -hmm. head off and he says nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy and that's we need to begin forget who you are forget who your company is what you need to do is think about before you step on that stage What it's like to be the other guy. What is it like to be that new salesman? What is it like to be that college kid? Whatever the the podium you're given. And think to yourself, in today's society, what are some things that I would want? 
And then you talk about that dream because you know it resonates with them. So I know some of you out there are looking for X, Y, and Z. You're looking for this and they're identifying. Yeah, I am looking at that. Yeah, I do feel that way. I'm resonating with them. And then you just need to finish with, what if I told you that owning that business, that getting this is possible? If you're interested, I'll open that door to possibility. If not, I have no sympathy for you. So then people are sitting there like, yeah, I do want those things. I do dream those things, right? You have resonated with that crowd and they are going to seek you out because they want to know how, they want to know the plan. And that's when you say, listen, I'd love to tell you, right? But I got 40 motherfuckers here. Tell you what, tomorrow, if you're free, if you really want to know how this works, meet me in my office at two o'clock, you know? Let me take down your number. Meet me in my office this weekend, Saturday at one o'clock and you invoke it from there. Don't give them the logic. Get their emotions going, right? Get them interested in the idea. And it's not the idea that you really, that's your idea, it's their idea. What do they want out of life? Because every area is different, right? Every type of mortgage is different. Every type. So whatever you're selling to, you want to pitch them and give them that idea, right? What is that idea? It's kind of like how some um, pyramid schemes, and I'm not really pyramid schemes, multi-level marketing schemes do it. They get these big things that say, give you all these dreams, right? They don't really tell you the how, they just get you all motivated and you show up and talk to that next salesman, that next tier salesman or whatever sales trainer who's going to pitch you on the idea, but you've been talking enough people where now your interest is so high, you almost don't give a fuck what the plan is. So that's you want to speak to that emotion and don't speak to the invisible middle. It's not fucking there. It's full of people who don't belong there because they're not that bright, but they got the intelligence level to get there or they finally got that degree or they're the unmotivated middle because if they're motivated, they would be at the top tier. So what do you think about what I just said? Uh, in your experience, I know you've done presentations before. Do you kind of see things my way or do you kind of see things a different way? Because it's okay to be different. Well, no, I, I, said there's, I, I draw a few similarities from what you were talking about. I definitely don't speak to the middle. I will be, be upfront about that. As far as what I've, because I'm pretty dynamic when it comes to doing presentations, but I, I don't focus solely on just the middle class because I, I don't care. The, the middle is the lost in the soft kind of people. They're there, but they're not really paying attention. It's the people that, that are in the front and to my left and to my right. Those are the people that I'm trying to talk to. The top of the business right there. Fuck the middle. You are, you're at the very top of the middle. If I had to say the top of the middle, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's you. No, my man, so yeah, yeah, you had me all fired up. I was like, man, you know, because it bothered me because I'm like, I heard that interest block thing, and I'm like, man, because I feel that's very important, and I also wanted to give some ideas on what you can do to be successful, throw out those little nuggets, because again, you may not use all of them. You may use fucking none of them, maybe one or two, but knowledge is power. You have those nuggets. You need to use them, and you see if that crazy little prick has something up his sleeve, and you do it. (laughs) The but, person I called uh, jo- Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin. Oh, I don't know. How do you say Joaquin? Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. I, you know, I watch his movies. <laughs> I don't uh, joke. <laughs> I don't know. That's how it's fucking spelled. You know what I mean? Damn. Well, there's a lot of movies that I'll pull sales pieces from, right, that aren't sales movies. Because I'm like just a student of the game. Like, people will be like, what books do you read? You know, or what do you do? And believe it or not, I'm like, I just watch movies. Like, I watch The Joker. Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? There's a great sales message there. And, and you know it. Andy this- Dufresne. No. But no, no, no. But back it all the way the fuck up. I it all the way the fuck up, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Morgan Freeman, right? Who literally yep. teaches you, guess what? All movie long, he's telling them what they want to hear and they ain't buying because they know what he's going to say and they keep rejecting his parole. Mm-hmm. But eventually... He basically calls them out, sparks their interest, right? It may be a negative, but he basically told them that you don't even know what this fucking word means. I know what you think it means. And when he gives that (laughs) conscious thought of argument, right? When he argues with them, they realize in that moment they may not agree with him when he gives them a different thought, but they realize that he's conscious on their level. They realize on their level to leave. Because remember, he's not selling them. You see, before he was trying to sell them on a reason to let him off parole. No, he knew at that point, I just need to tell him how it is. Let them know that I'm on their level in a different way. Where he's not selling them on getting off parole. He changed the question. The question is not, should I be on parole? The question is, do you even know what the fuck you're talking about? And they realize that, look, they, may not, they can tell you what, they didn't agree with him. But you know what they did agree with? For that dude to have an argument like that, 
He's pretty intelligent. You know, he's on our level. He's past this point because he don't give a fuck. All right. And do you remember when the warden took the guy outside and fucking had him shot? Yep. This is important on a whole different level of sales. And I shouldn't even talk about this part, but I'm going to do it. Is that when you're trying to get someone to admit that they're wrong, right? You make it seem like it's okay to say it. You pitch it in a different way. You don't want to be like, hey, man, did you, you know, commit fraud on that loan? Is that W-2 frauded? No. Take him outside and be like, look, bottom line is this, just so you know, the W-2 is frauded. It's totally okay. We're going to fix it. I just want to know that you're not going to do this again. That's all I want to know. Because the minute they agree they're not going to do it again, they admitted they did it. And then you shoot the motherfucker and you fire him, right? But you make it seem like it's okay to say it. You're going past the thing and be like, look, I'm just trying to make sure you're never going to do it again. And then be like, oh, I got you. I'll never do it again. Well, in light of recent evidence, you have no job. So that that literally is a way to get somebody. So when I watch these movies, I'm telling you, I, I watch them like, that's a great sales tactic. That's a great this, that, whatever. Because most of the time when you watch sales movies and you read sales books, it's these regurgitated bullshit all the time. Now, even though you could like listen on, I'm sure I haven't read every fucking book out there and I haven't watched every single thing. And I say there's some similarities there, but that's just because there's experience. I'm not saying everything they say is bullshit. But ultimately, a lot of time, it's just people who are outside the business trying to regurgitate the same ideas, put their own spin on it. And it's like, where's your experience level? Like, I speak straight from experience <laughs> and watching Shawshank Redemption and the Joker. So <laughs> that's all I got. All right, my man. Hey, listen, Micah, I fucking appreciate you. Uh, not just for coming out here talking about auto detailing on the first episode, which has been downloaded over a mm-hmm. hundred times. So congratulations to you and me on that. So there's a hundred motherfuckers out there at a minimum because it's not just views, it's actually downloads. So a hundred motherfuckers out there downloaded that motherfucker and said, I'm going to listen to Micah Mack and educate me on car detailing. But also, thank you for coming out here today and uh, let me vent because I was, whoo, I was upset about yeah, that. You, you got, yeah, you got pretty triggered the other day when I mentioned it. I was fucking triggered. I was so mad yep. my machine broke the next day. I had to get a new one. <laughs> I was yep. upset because that day I was ready to talk about it too. And then it fucking broke. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Last time I buy equipment from Walmart. All right, Very my good. man. So any uh, closing thoughts for my, uh, for our listeners, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We're going to bring you home with it. Anything you got to say? Yeah. Listen to the fucking podcast. It's fucking great. It's a good time. You're going to love it. Uh- <laughs> All right, thanks, Micah. Take care, buddy. Yeah, you have a good one. You too, buddy.